Jesus and the apostles, they're reclining around the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Wow. Wow. Matthew and Mark and Luke all proclaiming this truth of this powerful covenant in the blood of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. So let me share a couple things that come out of this that I see as I dig into this. The first thing is this, the first thing is this, the important thing to note is Jesus's, I think Jesus's demeanor, right? His demeanor in all this is, is just like amazing, isn't it? I mean, this is a pretty intense time for him. I think I have a busy week, right? We think we have a busy week. But think about this week for Jesus. I mean, he, after all he has gone through with his apostles and, and, and the, the entering into Jerusalem and, and uh, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, and, and then the, soon it's going to be crucify him, crucify him. And he's gone, you know, a long period of time now without food. And this last week has been so intense for Jesus. And the hour has come. And he knew the hour was going to come one day, right? And it is finally here. The appointed time has come. God has said now. And Jesus is aware of it. And he's about to suffer. And he's about to be nailed to the cross. And he's about to be arrested. And violence and darkness is about to take over for a brief moment. And his betrayal of his friends is about to happen. And humiliating... Him and nailing him to a cross is about to take place. But check out Jesus. Check out his demeanor. I mean, just look at this. Uh, he, he says, hey guys, there's, there's this location. The Passover's here. I want you to go and just get the room ready. I mean, there's this sense of like, I got this, you know? Like, this, it's all going to be fine. This is happening exactly as my father planned it. And his demeanor is so calm in this. And Luke says, Luke says, I just read it, he's reclining at the table. You know, back then they, they laid around. They didn't have chairs like we have. They just kind of laid around the table. And there's this big table, and they're all laying around. They're not posing for a portrait. They're all around the table, right? So they're all just laying there, probably like on each other, kind of around the thing. And they're eating, like they're reclining at the table. I mean, that, that says something about the, the, the calmness and the peace of Jesus, right? I mean, don't you want that peace? I mean, after what he's about to go through and what he's been through and what he knows he's about to leave in the hands of the apostles, I don't know about you, but I'd be stressed out. But not him. He knows the Father has this all taken care of, and in the heat of the battle, Jesus seems so, so calm. It has a lot to do with his faith, right? It has a lot to do with his trust, right? He knows he's in the Father's hands. 
And he knows he's going to be just fine. Verse 15, Jesus looks around the table at them and he says these words. Look at it. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I have eagerly. You see that? I have eagerly desired. Not, not, you know, because think about this. If you work with people, you would think this. Not you knuckleheads, will you finally get it together? Right? I mean, that's what he could be thinking or saying. Like, come on, let's go. I mean, I, I oh. baseball team, you know, it's just always constant. If it's not these two kids, it's those two kids. And I'm constantly having to get all over them. And it's just so, oh. you just want to strangle somebody. And, you know, you know, Jesus, he's God. He was no doubt. He thought, man, these guys, you sure about this? Look at these guys. You know, you would think he'd be, he could easily feel that way, but he doesn't. He's just got this trust and this sense of peace. And, and he's it's, it's, it's just chilled out, right? Cool and composed. So calm and so fully mindful. And his emotions are in check. His demeanor is amazing at this moment. But then look at this. Secondly, his blood is the Father's will, and Jesus is thankful. Right? That, that's the powerful covenant in his blood. It's his Father's will, and he knows it, and he's thankful. I don't know about you, but suffering isn't something to be too thankful for. But Jesus understands this is what he must do. Matthew and Mark both say he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he knew what that cup represented, right? That wasn't just wine in his hand. That was representing his blood poured out from his body onto the earth. And he knew what it was going to take for that to even happen. The beating, the scourging, the flogging, and the cross, and the spear, and all of it. And he says, he gives thanks with the cup in his hand. You know, he looks up and he gives thanks. And he accepted his role. And he said these words, before I suffer. He understands clearly what he's about to go through. And he understands that this is the Father's will, and he is thankful for it. Wow. Unbelievable steadfastness, right? Fully focused on the goal, fully focused on the prize, fully focused on the price that it's going to take to redeem us. He understands it, and he's willing to go through it. Before you and I get complaining about anything in this world, ever, ever, we ought to ask ourselves, would we be willing to switch places with him? And we all know that's we would never. We would never do it. And not long ago, it was Jesus who talked about this temple being destroyed, right? It was Jesus who talked about the Son of Man would suffer and die and be handed over and crucified. He knew his role and he knew the Father's plan. And verse 13 says, he took the cup and he gave thanks. See, Jesus thankfully walked in it. He thankfully walked in his Father's will, no matter what the cost. I mean, don't, don't you wish we could do that? 
right? Even in those uncomfortable times, even when it's not fun and, and we have to sacrifice and we have to give up our will, wouldn't it be nice if we just were so in tune with God that we were not just willing to walk in his will, but we were thankful for it no matter how much it hurt. Man. Verse 15, he says the word eagerly, right? He thankfully, he eagerly walked in it fervently, right, with desire. And some, some of your uh, texts might say, with the desire I have desired, right? Double dose, right? This desire I desired. Or earnestly I have longed for this. That's what that word earnestly means, or eagerly. It means that I have looked forward to this moment, right? With the joy set before me, endured the cross scorning its shame. Jesus knew this moment, this hour was coming. And when the Father said, now, Jesus said, here I go. And he went, thankfully, thankfully. Okay, Jesus embraced the cross joyfully. The third is this. It's powerful because his blood seals the promise for forever. You know, it's, it's a powerful covenant in his blood because it seals the promises of forever. For you, Right? For us. That's why it's so powerful. This isn't just some temporary thing. This isn't just to get you through a day. This is forever. His blood in you, on you, forgiving your sins equals your eternity and your abundant life in Christ. Matthew 29 and Mark 25 and Luke verse 16 and 18 say, Jesus says, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine, what, until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Mark says, in the kingdom of God. Luke says, until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Verse 16 and 18. Until the kingdom of God comes. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine again until it's fulfilled. See, all of the future is his. It's all his. It all belongs to him. And when, he, when, it, when it comes to you, when it comes to your life and your you know, living out this world and following God's will, he knows, he already knows what's coming for you. He already sees ahead. He sees your future, right? Your coming days are in his hands, right? All of the future. The blood seals the promises of your forever. All you got to do is trust him, right? Just trust him because you are sealed in him forever. It's a powerful co covenant because it, it seals your eternity. That's good news. And this covenant, number four, is, is in his blood is powerful because uh, Matthew said it like this in verse 28. If you're looking there, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for many, for all. And then he says, for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. See, this blood is a powerful covenant because in this blood, your sins are wiped out. Your sins are forgiven. And that's a big deal. Because it's your sins that is keeping you separated from God. His blood really does cut to the heart of the matter. It doesn't just 
provide redemption. It doesn't just draw us near and, and bring us into the presence of God, but it actually forgives your sin. His blood covers our sin. Our sin, the evil power of my sin that make me hostile toward God, his blood covers. That sin that interferes with me and my creator's connection, that sin wipes away. That sin that separates me and eats me away at the core of who I am and my soul, providing guilt and shame in my life, that blood forgives. And in the blood of Jesus, I'm forgiven and washed clean. And You can't find that anywhere else. You will never get right with God any other way. No other way on this planet. What can wash away my sin? What can wash away my sin? Not modern medicine. Not silver or gold. Not good behavior or works. And not therapy. And not religious law keeping. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's the only thing that will wash away our sin. And in this covenant, in his blood, our sins are dealt with. Your sins are dealt with. You know, that ought to, that ought to like bring this sense of joy to our lives, that God loves you so much that he provided the one ingredient that will wash away your sins. The only, the only thing that can wash away your sins is the blood of perfect Jesus dying on a cross and in your place that you deserve to pay. That blood is powerful. It's powerful. It's a covenant. It's this gift of God for you and this open invitation to anyone, to anyone, right? And you and I, we need Jesus. Amen?